for checking out Real Talk Personal Finance. Shit's about to get real. Cashflow King with you today. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the first Fed meeting in 2024 that just happened this past week. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. As always, we really, truly appreciate it. I am happy to say that we are now up to 40, that's right, 40 countries listening to the show with our newest edition being Saudi Arabia. So shout out to our new listeners in Saudi Arabia. As always, we really appreciate it. We are a U.S.-based show, as everybody knows, and looking at those in terms of listenership in the United States, the top handful of states listening to the show, we have Kentucky, New Jersey, Virginia, Indiana, Massachusetts, New York, and Pennsylvania. So thank you to everybody in those states and all the others that are listening to the show as we continue to monitor the numbers and um, try to grow our listenership. We really don't do any promotion or advertising per se for the show, so we really do rely on our listeners to go ahead and share the show with friends, family members, coworkers, whomever you think might benefit from listening to the show. That really is truly how we grow. I've debated whether or not we wanted to put some dollars and time and energy behind trying to do more promotion for the show, or if we want to kind of continue to grow it in a more organic fashion, which is kind of where I'm leaning at this particular moment. I wanted to do a quick show today just about the first Fed meeting that took place this past week. I'm recording this on Sunday, February 4th, 2024, and many of you may know or may not know that the Federal Reserve held their first two-day meeting of the year last week on Tuesday, January 30th, and Wednesday, January 31st, where they then came out with a decision, which was basically to leave rates unchanged. And I don't really think that surprised anybody. I think that's what pretty much everybody was expecting. I don't normally get a chance to do this, but I just so happened to have a little bit of time that afternoon to log in and and kind of watch live some of the press conference with Jerome Powell um, right afterwards when they came out with their decision and the different agencies that are there and reporters that are asking him questions. And I actually jotted a couple of notes down in my phone. One of the things that he continued to say was that they needed greater confidence that we're on a sustainable path down to 2% inflation. And if you look at any of the articles that are out there, I'm sure this is pretty widespread in the media at this point, but that's something that he continued to say, and that was essentially his answer to virtually every question in some way, shape, or form. They needed greater confidence that we're on a sustainable path down to 2% inflation, which, as many of you know, is, is the Fed's targeted inflation number. And we're not quite there yet, right? He And people were kind of like, well, you know, what do you need to see? And how many more months of quote unquote good data that he kept saying that they had good data? How many more months do you need, right? And I don't really know that there was a definitive answer to that, but pretty much the gist of it was we're on the right track, but we're not ready to start cutting rates just yet. And I don't have the exact quote, but there was also some language in there about the fact that pretty much... I don't know if he directly said this or not, but essentially implied in a very strong way that at their next meeting in March, um, they are also not expecting to cut rates at that time either. And I think that may have been a little bit of news to some. And I think a lot of firms out there that are kind of monitoring this and publishing forecasts and guidance and things like that about what they think the Fed is going to do revised um, some some of those items 
Now, there are a lot of folks that still believe that, and I'm one of them, that they will begin to cut rates at some point this year. It seems like that that's probably going to begin to happen possibly closer to this summer in 2024. Nobody really knows. Some people are saying that they still have to cut six times. Some people are saying they might only cut four times. Some people are saying it's going to be a quarter point every time for a total of four times for 100 basis points or 1%. Other people are on you know, the camp that it's going to be six times at a quarter point, which is 150 bips or 1.5%. Nobody really truly knows exactly what's going to happen. Uh, for those of you that are premium, premium subscribers and got our newsletter that we put out and Cube Crusher pretty much writes the majority, if not all of that. He made some pretty bold predictions in 2024. Uh, there was one of them about the Fed. I won't spoil it for those that aren't premium, but for those that are, you kind of know where we're going and where we are at so far with his prediction there. And I actually got a text from Cube. Let's see, when was this? This is on Friday morning. Um, a nice dip after jobs report. People realizing no cuts and Apple reported shit earnings. So that prediction is going to happen too. And so uh, for those of you that are premium, again, you know he made some predictions about Apple. And so who knows? Before you know it, this show may morph into the uh, you know Cube Crushers subscription newsletter or something like that. I just wanted to record a really quick episode on the results of the first Fed meeting in 2024. And that's kind of where we are. Right. And uh, according to Barron's, you know, the unemployment rate is basically steady at about 3.7 percent. I don't really think that's news to anybody. Inflation is coming down a little bit, as you know, was discussed uh, as part of their uh, conference there and just in general with some of the numbers that are being monitored. But then I I came across an interesting article here. Um, This is actually on CNBC that I was reading today, as a matter of fact. And they were talking about a lot of companies with this new mandate in 2024 to return to the office, whether that's returning to the office five days a week. A lot of companies are saying that you need to be on site with a, with a client, um, depending on, you know, I think it was IBM, depending on, you know, what your role is in the company or in an office location at a minimum of three days a week. And there's some big companies out there. I think UPS was one of them. They announced like 12,000 corporate job cuts. And at the same time, they started to put out a mandate for return to the office which has been, you know, received in a, in a mixed capacity. And so there's a lot of talk about, you know, companies starting to put their foot down and require employees to spend more time in the office in 2024, that they're going to be tracking more closely personal time off and things like that in 2024. And it was just, I don't know, it was really interesting because you hear people talking about, you know, unemployment being so low, this, that, and the other thing. But then at the same time, you read articles like this one that pretty much says companies can do whatever they want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that employees are always going to abide by that. And some of them, I think I read, there's a term now called coffee badging or something like that, where you pretty much come into the office just long enough to pretty much, you know, grab a cup of coffee, check in with your fellow colleagues and the next thing you know you're basically out of there you know is that really enough to satisfy the minimum number of days in the office that some of these companies are you know uh, requiring you know there's a quote directly here from the article it says many employees who aren't happy are engaging in behaviors such as quiet quitting or coffee badging where they show up for long enough to swipe in present themselves and grab a cup of coffee and they go on to say that this leads to multiple challenges for companies 
especially with expected weakness in the labor market not yet materializing to any widespread degree. So you have articles like this that are talking about the expectation that there's going to be weakness in the labor market. But at the same time, you have uh, non-farm payroll reporting talking about number of jobs that were added to the economy and how wages are increasing. And so you still seem to have sort of both sides of the coin, both sides of the equation coming into play. And I think for a lot of people, myself included, it's a little bit confusing, right? I think I talked on an episode not too long ago with Credit Union Cowboy, how I had received an email from one of the commercial real estate investment groups that I personally invest with and how they were talking about potential recession. And they obviously were talking more specifically about what's going on in commercial real estate and how that could help contribute to a possible recession in 2024. Then you have the Fed come out and basically say, hey, you know, we have good data. We just need to see more of it. And we're just going to hold right now, right? And you have companies coming out with kind of puffing their chest out saying you need to return to the office and you have employees basically saying screw you, right? And then you have job numbers come out that are good, but at the same time, there's still a lot of people that are expecting weakness in the same labor market. So what really is going on and what's really going to unfold in 2024? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm not an economist and I guess I'm, you know, I'm not really trying to play one on the podcast, but I just wanted to put something together really quick and just take a few minutes to talk about this because it just gives us all something to think about and kind of where things may or may not be going, right? So I just thought that was um, pretty interesting in terms of what's going on. But anyway, like I said a, a few minutes ago, you know, no big surprise that the Fed didn't start to uh, take rates down at this most recent meeting. They got another one coming up at March. They pretty much said they're not going to do it then either. Um, whether or not that's true, who knows? And so that really puts us then looking at end of April, beginning of May. I think they have a meeting on April 30th and May 1st, if I'm not mistaken, where something could happen then, or it could be kicked off to the June or July meetings, right? Who, who knows what's going to happen? And certainly by the time April 30th and May 1st roll around, for those that are premium, we will have our Q1 2024 newsletter put out or should have it put out by then because Q1 will wrap up at the end of March. And so that should give Cube Crusher some time to get something out there in April, probably leading leading up to that meeting. We'll see what he has to say then, possibly revisiting some of his bold 2024 predictions and anything else that he feels is relevant to what's going on out there. So just, again, wanted to put this together really quick for those that may not be aware of what's going on. Rates are pretty much unchanged. And so, you know, that has a trickle effect, right, as far as rates on things like there's not a direct correlation, but I mean, there's enough of a correlation there for people to, to kind of notice that rates on things like everything from mortgages to car loans to credit cards to fill in the blank probably aren't going to have any overly significant moves, at least for the next couple of months. That could be good for some, especially on the deposit side, on things like savings accounts and certificates of deposit and things like that. And then on the other side of it, for those that are borrowers, you know, rates will remain somewhat, quote unquote, elevated, at least relative to, you know, pretty recent times. But historically, they're pretty much, quote unquote, normal or pretty close to normal. So, you know, maybe folks will start getting used to that in some way, shape or form. I was talking to somebody actually today about just rates on auto loans, and they had quoted a pretty high number that they had been, you know, uh, I guess somewhat looking at some things and they were, they were in the high single digits, we'll say that. 
and you know their credit is not 100% stellar. It's not excellent, but it's pretty good as far as I can tell from what they said. And they're looking at rates that are somewhat uncomfortable. In fact, as part of that conversation, the person said to me that they're one of the reasons that they're probably not going to go ahead and buy anything just yet is because that rate is kind of when you take a look at the prices of vehicles coupled with the higher than quote unquote normal or higher than relatively recent rates, that just presents an affordability problem, right? And, you know, you could look at that from an auto perspective, auto purchase perspective. You could also take a look at that from a housing perspective, which is a whole separate story. But anyway, there's some manufacturer incentives out there. They had told me one of the vehicles that they were looking at, and I just so happened to take a look at the manufacturer website and they were offering it was only 48 months which I say only in quotes because most loans out there now I feel like are 72 months or longer some of them are going out to 84 months whereas previously 60 months used to be on the high end in terms of the the length of a term on a car loan but this was for 48 months so basically four years and the manufacturer was offering a three point I believe it was 3.45 percent interest rate, which was really, really good. It was about you know a third or so of what that person was looking at previously. And there's some others out there. I think you know you can get deals at different places and different incentives and whatnot. But I think for the average individual right now with pretty good credit, you're probably looking somewhere in the sixes, give or take a little bit on auto loans. And again, for some people, you know, that's totally fine. For other people, you know, like myself who had financed vehicles previously at, you know, sub 2%, um, and we have a loan right now at 0%. I don't really want to pay six. I certainly wouldn't want to pay more than six. You know, 3.45 if I needed a vehicle and that was the manufacturer I wanted to go with, okay, maybe I'd take a look at it. But uh, just interesting to see. So anyway, everything is somewhat related, I guess is my point, with, you know, watching what the Fed is doing um, from, you know, market valuations to interest rates to deposit rates to fill in the blank. There's certainly a trickle-down effect, which is why we all hear so much about the Fed and what is the Fed doing and what was the Fed decision. And so I thought I would just take a few minutes to make a couple of comments about that in the most recent meeting that took place this past week um, at the end of January 2024. So thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you're listening to the Get Your Money Right segment. So thanks again for listening to today's show. Really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next episode. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.